So welcome back to The Square. Uh, I'm your host, Curtis. Um, kind of going off of what we talked about last week, um, we do have to touch on things are changing with the show. We've got a new co-host. Introduce yourself here. Um, well, my name is Curtis Hall. Um, I am the father of the host of the show. Um, and um, I guess I am very grateful and happy to be here as my son invited me to the show. So I am taking his lead. So um, that's all I'm going to say. So I'm going to give it back over to you. Perfect. Let's perfect. get this thing started. Yeah. So in today's episode, we're going to just kind of recap the season here. So diving into that, we have a, both have top 10 list. Uh, mine, again, no, in no particular order here. I didn't have a chance to kind of rank them as I, I wish I could have, but Yours, I think you do. I did rank mine, um, and they're just for the regular season. Okay, cool. So diving in, let's just go from your number ten. What what do you got? Number ten. Um, I have um a performance by Devonte Adams in week seven of against the Houston Texans at home. Um, as as you can see that Devonte Adams he had a um a line of thirteen catches, one hundred ninety six yards, two touchdowns. Um, he was, oh, I'm sorry, so sorry. He was targeted 16 times. Gotcha. He had 16, ca- he had 16 targets for 13 yeah, catches. catches. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Yeah. 196 yards, two touchdowns. He had a 15.1 yard average per carry, um, catch, catch per carry on, on, during that game and had 10 receiving first downs for the game. So that was my number 10, Okay. you know, at 196 yards. It only gets better. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, that's, I mean, Devontae Adams. Had a crazy year. Going to touch on Green Bay in a little bit uh, when it was my list here. But uh, for me, I'll say, again, in no particular order, I just have a bunch of highlights from this season. <laughs> uh, this specific play, the Hale Murray play, uh, can't remember exactly which week that happened against Buffalo. Kyler Murray rolls out just an absolute bomb looking like Aaron Rodgers uh, from, what, 2015, 2016 times and just uh, – DeAndre Hopkins being himself and going up there and catching anything that's in a 10-foot radius of him. He goes up and grabs it and snags it and over three, four different defenders. So I think that was one of the biggest highlights uh, of the year. A lot of people were talking about how Arizona is kind of a force to be reckoned with moving forward and uh, how there might have been a year too early. So everybody's going to be looking at uh, how they move forward. But that specific play just kind of cemented for me specifically that uh, Kyler Murray is going to be one of these quarterbacks in the NFC that we're going to have to watch out for moving forward as everybody in the NFC is getting close to having a high, highly talented quarterback uh, to kind of helm their franchises. So um, that's going to be my number 10 there. What's that? 10. <coughs> a week 10. Happen to, happen to happen in week 10. Gotcha. Yeah. So that was my uh, – one of my uh, plays of the year. Um, and then I guess next up, uh, I wanted to talk about uh, Justin Herbert's season. Uh, mm. Started out with uh, one of the biggest highlights, uh, in my opinion, is him almost taking down single-handedly Kansas City. And uh, 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 he almost upset Kansas City in his uh, de- debut uh, game. <laughs> he, he was just phenomenal all season long, though. I, he wins Rookie of the Year this year. Um, so just kind of he came in on – 15-minute notice uh, for that game, and he was ready to play. He come, came in, showed out, and then moving forward, he just never looked back, honestly. Like I said, he, he wins Rookie of the Year. He, he puts up insane numbers for a, a rookie QB, and, and 
with all of the mess that was happening in uh, w- with the Chargers uh, this season, uh, for him to go ahead and put up the stat line that he did, he, he definitely de- deserved that Rookie of the Year award. So your number nine, sir? My number nine. All right. At number nine, I have Dalvin Cook. <laughs> Yeah, he's a beast this year. Loved him in fantasy. <laughs> yes, he was. He was. He was. He was excellent in fantasy, just not for my team because I had him drafted in no leagues. Yep. With that being said, <laughs> I, I digress. Um, this is good. This is one of the strangest lists that I have because the names I'm naming off generally could be at the top of this list, but yeah. somebody has to be ten. Someone has to be nine. So, with that is Dalvin Cook, um, week eight, going against at at Green Bay. So I got this, this this Green Bay tie thing. Yeah. Um. And and we get what he had. He had thirty carries, hundred and sixty three yards, ridiculous, and and three touchdowns. He had eleven first down um rushes. Yep. And the man he was two for sixty three and a touchdown in re- in reception yards. I mean, a Keep completely going. full stat. No, I, that's all the stats <laughs> I have because that was more than enough to be nine on the list. Now, you are free to, because I know this is your guy, yeah, <laughs> so uh, you are free to just go ahead and add on to that line because that ridiculous I, stat line. The list. stats speak for themselves. I'm going to leave it at that. I, I'll just say the one thing about that is I just, just kind of bury you a little bit more. That was definitely the week that I – uh, single-handedly, he took down your team uh, against me uh, in our fantasy league here. So <laughs> that was—I remember the discussions we had. You were pissed. Your your entire team did well, but so, you couldn't I, stand up against them. Not a fantasy show. This is not a fantasy show. <laughs> it's not. It's not. I just—I made two to... references. You know, I, I was going to say that. But, you know, <laughs> I, okay. I just needed to bring it up. I, I, I completely understand. <laughs> I completely understand. All right. So moving on to number eight. What do you got at number eight? Number eight. We are coming in with one second. My notes are messed. Okay, <laughs> y'all, please bear with me and don't don't, don't call in and say <laughs> I'm crazy and what it is. But no, at number eight, I got Derrick Henry. <clears throat> yeah, I yeah. remember these are the regular season. I not mean, the, I'm excited not to the look season games I, that everybody thinking about that's yeah. fresh in everybody's mind. I didn't want to talk about the typical one, so <laughs> I just left the postseason out completely. Just gotcha. just the regular season. I'm going to be bringing up some things to make people remember some things from way back when because we live in a microwave, you know, popcorn society <laughs> where we don't remember much of anything. We probably only remember who was in the Super Bowl two days ago, <laughs> really, to be honest. Like, we never remember who, who who lost the game. So, I mean, Tampa Bay beat somebody. Yeah. Well, what do you got Generally for Derrick Henry? Moving on. I'm sorry. <laughs> I digress. With that being said, so I got Derrick Henry in week 13 at Jacksonville. Okay. Uh, 26 carries, 215 yards, two touchdowns. Um, he had an 8.3 yard um, um, yards per carry um, on each of his runs. Just complete dominance over. It was Jacksonville people. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> fantasy, real life, reality. <laughs> I mean, he just completely dominated, and he made number yeah, eight. There's a reason it. they have the number one pick. So, yeah, I, I, <laughs> I'm with you there. Uh, but yeah, no, Derrick Henry, he's just a beast. I mean, uh, he's one of those guys. Or all throughout the year, we just saw him just kind of posterizing defenders, making them look silly. So, I mean, I, I'm excited for the rest of your list when you're when you're talking about these guys at, at number ten, nine, and eight here. So, for me, my list. Uh, Bear with me uh, as yeah, well. Uh, my list also does not it just include specific moments and plays. It also does have – it's more of a storyline list. Oh, so right for my number eight, it's going to be – for me, I feel like NFL fans, the, the NFL world, and the sports world in general has taken 
Alex Smith for granted. The his comeback this year, I think, is better than any other comeback in history for oh, him. Wow. Even <laughs> just for the sheer fact that he had to go through seventeen surgeries over what was a course of two years. Right. Nearly had to amputate his leg off, and he puts in a whole year and a half's w- work to get back on the field for one, but then to make this absolutely disgusting roster of Washington comparable <laughs> to take them to the playoffs. It, that that was uh, special for me just to see him. And, and it's not just about what he's done with Washington. I mean, both the years that he's actually played in Washington, this team is over overachieved. So that's one thing. But then going back to his time in Kansas City as a game manager, that's air quotes there because, I mean, he's, he does play solid football. He has great numbers uh, when, when you look back at it. Absolutely. So he – just his career as a whole, I, I think we've taken him for granted and what he's been able to do because uh, we're always comparing him to Aaron Rodgers because of what happened during that 2005 draft and whatnot. But at the end of the day, if you take Aaron Rodgers out of it, Alex Smith has had a fantastic career. And so I think we need to give him more recognition and more credit moving forward because he, he has been a fantastic player in this league. Uh, so that was that was my number eight. Just wanted to, to kind of throw in a few of those other storylines that are yeah. and uh, Alex okay. Smith storyline. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Hey, hey. That that's valid. I'll give you I'll <laughs> give you that you know, I'm sitting here thinking trying to think, is there anybody I mean, God, obviously there's had to be someone that's come back from injuries that's better than Alex Smith. And that's not taking anything away from Alex Smith. Yeah. However, as I sat here, I couldn't come up with one name. <laughs> I mean, I really don't think I don't. Uh, a lot of people would be talking about the JJ Watt comeback from whatever many injuries that he's had, but at the end of the day, he didn't elevate his team past what their just core was, and he was just playing within that system. And Alex Smith to come in and, and elevate this, like I said, it, it's an atrocious roster on the offensive side of the ball. Obviously, the defense has been uh, kind of underrated throughout the season, but. Uh, just offensively, the the guys that are injured and not playing, there is no Terry McLaurin th- this year really. There, there. Who is their running back? Uh, uh, Gibson got, he, he's in jail right now. I think. So, uh, really? I think so. I, I can't remember, but I mean, he, he's not playing. So oh, that, 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 at the end fantasy. of the day, that's what I'm talking about. So. Yeah, no, oh, maybe, maybe not Gibson. Somebody, one of their running backs. He he he's not there. So I, at the end of the day, it's just for him to elevate that offense to be able to even just make the playoffs, even though it's in a horrible division. <laughs> And it's not anything to write home about, but at the end of the day, to get them into the playoffs, and, and unfortunately, he wasn't able to play. But uh, just the, what he had to do to come back and get this team where they where they are is, is is kind of phenomenal. So yeah, it's amazing. And that entire story you left out, they won a divisional championship <laughs> and all of that. But yes, it's I the NFC con- least. I, I would just I, I, I think that actually kind of waters it down a little bit. But <laughs> I mean, to the uh, to the one who won to the one division, I don't yeah. think so. <laughs> you know, so, but so. with that being said, I I, I completely agree with every point you made with with, <clears throat> with Alex Smith. Not that Alex Smith was on my highlights or in yeah. my notes, <laughs> but uh, I I basically I agree and I concur with every every point you made. Um, Alex Smith is truly one of those inspirational stories, yeah. um, and, a, and a great you know comeback story. Um, um, for the ages, really, if you really was, as you just so eloquently did, to break down what this what, what this man went through in his time off and his rehab yeah. and getting back, and that he did, he did, uh, he almost lost his leg. Yeah. You know, and a lot of people don't know that. You know? Yeah. And the other crazy fact about that that it is the exact same injury, uh, down to the day of the Joe Theismann injury for the same team, 
and it, it just across the board there's just so many insane things that happen with that but uh <laughs> we, we can move forward here what do you got for number seven number seven all right let me just you know, wrap this list up a little bit <laughs> aaron freaking <laughs> rogers <laughs> now uh, just before you get into aaron rogers everybody yes. knows me i have my biases against anybody in nfc north as i have made it very clear that I am a diehard Bears fan, but I try to keep that from clouding any of my judgment. So right. I do have Aaron Rodgers on this list, and I'll talk about that later, but I want to hear what you got to say about it. All right. Him. Well, this one was shitting. <laughs> this one I'm going I'm to I'm deal with with kid gloves. I mean, this one comes all the way back to week one, people. So Against Minnesota? Try to remember, yes. Okay. At Minnesota, where he had <clears throat> 364 yards, four touchdowns, two yep. interceptions, 17th um, passing first downs. Um, I mean, he basically just 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 owned. The, uh, from what I can remember in the game, <laughs> he just basically it was just it was a typical week one um, <clears throat> um, NFL game. Just just it looked like a playoff game atmosphere. However, it's week one. It's it's yeah, kind of before weird. Minnesota figured out that they weren't anywhere near the talent that they thought they were going to be. <laughs> exactly. I mean, Green Bay don't know who they are. They yeah. on the road. They you know it, it's a rival. <sighs> no fans. It's first game with no fans. You're, COVID. You're de- yeah. Where we're doing. Yeah. You know, take it for people. That's why they number seven. But <laughs> with that being said, I would take nothing away from the performance of Aaron Rodgers. He came out in week one. And it was a foreshadowing of things to come, obviously. But mm-hmm. um, I, I, I like to highlight some of the games that we typically will, even myself, we will typically in, in find ourselves forgetting about. Like, yeah. oh, he did do that back <laughs> in week one. So for sure, that's who I have at number seven, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. All right. Cool. So back to uh, my list here with the storyline kind of aspect of it. Um, Houston Texans. Uh, we got to talk about them because they are in complete disarray. Um, this is my number seven here, the Houston Texans. I mean, just going back to the preseason, you got Bill O'Brien as your head coach. You're coming off of a season where you made the playoffs. You you looked like a very hot team. And then at the end of the day, you're up 24 nothing against Kansas City, the, the defending Super Bowl champions. You're, you're get, going up against them, and you – completely the wheels fall off in that game. They come all the way back. You never score again. You lose that game. Your season is abruptly ended after you felt like you were on top of the world. Then moving into that, moving off of that, going into that off season, everything seemed pretty chill. They didn't really make too many waves at the beginning of, of the off season. Nobody was really talking about Houston. We just thought they were going to, mm-hmm. Hey, let's go ahead and run it back. Let's see what we can do. And then a bombshell just before the preseason is supposed to start you trade away for a second round pick this is how uh if we remember arizona ended up with deandre hopkins they gave up a second round pick in david johnson to get back deandre hopkins one of the in my opinion the best wide receiver in the league right now catches everything that comes to him that's why the hail mary happened (laughs) so at the end of the day you end up trading away your your all-star talent, which I said at the time, you're going to have to do something now, Bill O'Brien, because your job is on the line as a GM and as a head coach because <laughs> you just traded away one of the all-time talents, and clearly he they the, the, the ownership agreed because he's out uh, after, what, I believe four weeks uh, in the season? If it was four. <clears throat> if it was four. Um, but quickly they were not impressed by that move and other moves that were made in the prior seasons. He's out as a head coach. So we thought that was the worst of it. <laughs> but 
as the Houston Texans season ends, as they ended, I believe, either 4-12 and 12 or 5-11, and 11, whatever it was, it wasn't good. Um, and J.J. Uh, Watt comes up to uh, Deshaun Watson and actually at the end of the game apologizes for wasting a season of Deshaun Watson. Oh, wow. And now we're sitting at a time where we have, uh, I believe, the, the new GM comes in and says, we have no intentions of trading Deshaun Watson. Uh, we are, we want to keep him. There's all these reports that Deshaun Watson wants to leave the, the Houston Texans organization uh, after he was promised by ownership that he would be involved in the hiring process of the GM and the new head coach as they want to see what they can do with Deshaun Watson moving forward. But you completely negate that. You go hire a new GM w- without any uh, consideration to uh, Deshaun Watson. He voices his displeasure with that, but at the time still hasn't said that he wants to trade. Right. Now we move forward <laughs> just a few weeks, and we're talking about Deshaun Watson says, hey, I want Eric Bieniemy. That That's the guy that I want. And also, if you can't get Eric Bieniemy, you guys aren't on board with Eric Bieniemy, I want Robert Sala. Okay. Now, Robert Sala gets hired by the New York Jets and comes out and says, hey, I never even had a chance to talk to the Houston Texans organization. They never reached out to me once. <laughs> and now you move forward again where you already disrespected the man once with the with the hiring of the GM without without after you told him that you were going to have him in the process, which you never should do. I, I agree. You don't have to, as an organization, involve your star player in that hiring process if you don't want to. But if you tell the man you're going to do it, then do it. <laughs> like that, that's, where, that's where I'm coming in, in, that, in that regard. But that aside, now you're going ahead and then you finally – interview Eric Bieniemy after weeks and weeks where he has the consideration of a lot of other teams, which Eric Bieniemy's story is something that we can talk about another day, but uh, Absolutely. We, we can move on from that. I don't even want to touch that that with a 10-foot pole right now. Uh, I could go on and well, on. Let me, let's, can I just quick yeah, he, sidebar about Bieniemy and the Texans? Yeah. Yeah, they call him in. I, I, wasn't it not Super Week when, they, when, they, when, this, when this went down? Like, this was, was on going, their, going into Super Week when this it, no this was before the uh, playoff game with the Bills because at this time actually what had happened was this is two I think this is the, the beginning of the playoffs because that they had the first interview with him because oh, once yeah. we're heading into the Buffalo Bills game with Kansas City in the AFC Championship game we're actually getting reports from Houston saying that it's down to Eric Bieniemy and Le, uh, Leslie Frazier. Are, are the two candidates that they have. And Leslie Frazier is, uh, I think, D coordinator over there with Buffalo right now. Yep. Um, so they're going into this game. Where everybody here is thinking whoever wins this game basically wins the job. <laughs> That's kind of how it's kind of setting up to be. Right. Or, or also the possibility whoever loses here has another chance of inter- interviewing and, and uh, getting their foot uh, higher into the door w- with Houston. Right. But then they go completely left field, and they hire – I don't even know the man's name, and I apologize, but a Baltimore Ravens, like, 20-year assistant coach, never been a coordinator once in his in his coaching career, and definitely not somebody who is going to wow uh, Deshaun Watson to, to have as his <laughs> new head coach. And, and, and it's not to say anything bad about him specifically. Mm-hmm. I, I don't mean to kind of rag on this man specifically because I know nothing about him. Like I said, I don't even know the man's name. But at the end of the day, it's just – Everything about the, the Deshaun Watson situation in Houston has been been grossly mismanaged by by the Texans organization. Uh, I used to think Jacksonville and, and the Cleveland Browns used to be the worst run franchises, but 
with everything that's just happened with with Houston, I think that they could potentially take that title from both of those teams at this point. So wow, we'll that go. is a bold statement. It's <laughs> going to take quite a bit for them to do that. But, um, I mean, you have this generational talent, a guy that. I know who, how great he is. I watched him in, all throughout his time in, in Clemson, and I was desperately praying <laughs> that the Chicago Bears would take him in that draft. So I, I, I've, I've watched his entire career. I've watched all the way when he started in Clemson, and, and even before that, I've, I've watched some of his high school film. And just for him to be such a talent, to be a guy that if you put him into any sort of an offense, he elevates that offense no matter what what pieces are around him mm-hmm. and you just completely disrespect him the way that you have it. And, and now you're, you're talking about how you're going to hold him hostage until he, he complies and is ready to, to, <laughs> to play for your team. I, I just don't see the, 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 the process that you have behind that, 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 that thought. It just doesn't make any sense to me. You, you've completely disrespected him. And, and now you're, you're in this really crappy situation with him. Well, taking, taking with the position that they're in right now, um, and I've I've heard others talk, and they stated, you know, how te- the Texans feel that they're in the con- they're in the driver's seat, they're in control, they don't really have to do anything right now. They could just wait. Um, they're not in control I, at all. He doesn't. Have, he has a no trade clause. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. That's the, thank you. And I, 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 I'll just set you up for what I wanted to say. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I, the the fact that he has a no trade clause, you've lost all leverage. It, thank you, you. He can tell you basically. You need to trade me today. I am never playing for you. I never an- another snap for you ever again. Exactly. You need to trade me now because uh, and this is the biggest thing is the fact that I think March seventeenth, the start of the new league year, mm-hmm. uh, whatever the date that is in, in March. Uh, I think that's um, what do we call it? <laughs> uh, what's up? What's that? What's the um, the holiday? Not a holiday, but it's a holiday. St. Patrick's Day. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the start of the new league year, what, sometime in March, is uh, it, it'll kick things off, and that's when you can trade him. And in that time, and heading up until the draft, is the only time that you can trade him, in all honesty, because at that point, once you hit the draft, none of these teams care about Deshaun Watson anymore. And it, it, they're they're no. they're all going to be making trades with other quarterbacks that are on the market, and we're going to probably have a show coming up talking about the QB carousel that's going to be happening here. So stay tuned for that. Yes. But outside of that, um, the, the, like there's going to be so so much shuffling that happens. You've lost all leverage. You have to trade him now. You have to make you have to start talking to teams right now because they already are talking to everybody right now and making deals and, and starting to, to finalize their, that very important position. And so, the, and the league sees, I mean, you know, we, you know, everybody knows the NFL is a copycat league. Yeah. Uh, most of these professional sports teams across the four majors, but they're copycat, they're, they're cap- copycat leagues. Yeah. With that being said, you, 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 there's no time. <laughs> the Texans have no time, no leverage, no, no, no advantage. They have nothing. They just, they need to start, you know, seriously reacting, you know, yeah. uh, and reacting to this situation for what, for It'd what it is. It'd be different if he was Matthew Stafford in, in 32 years old in, 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 yes, I want to move on. We're mutually agreeing to move on. And, and, and that right. trade happened and he got, they got back, I think, great compensation for Matthew Stafford. You get a new young quarterback. You get a couple first-round p- picks in the future. You get a third-round pick this year. That's going to be very valuable this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there's a, there's deep talent in this draft. So at the end of the day, we know Deshaun Watson is going to demand more, and that's fine. But you're once we hit the draft, 
right? His that that price is only going to continue to come down, 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 down. The closer we get to the season, because nobody's going to be giving anything up to try to get a disgruntled QB that we don't know if he wants to be here or not. We can put in a trade offer. He can decline it. Because he doesn't want to be there. <laughs> so he's going to put out a list of teams that he wants to go to. And I'm pretty sure he's already told quite a few, well, I'll go to the Bears. I'll go to I'll go to the Jets. I'll go to the Dolphins. Like, hey, these are better situations than what I've got right here in Houston right now. I'm fine going to these guys. I'd love to go to the Patriots. All like Whatever list that he has right now, he's he's I guarantee he's told the new GM where he, he would like to go. And, and, and you need to talk to these teams now. But he just keeps coming out, and, I, and a lot of other analysts have said, hey, this is probably them just trying to drive up the price a bit more, saying that we're going to keep him. We don't care if he doesn't want to be here. We're going to keep him, so you're going to have to shock us with a huge deal that we can't refuse to, to get him. And I get that. But at the end of the day, if you really do feel like you're going to hold on and he's going to play the rest of that contract out with you, you're sadly mistaken because <laughs> it's, it's not going to – he has all the leverage here. He can tell you exactly what he wants. And all he has to do is get on his phone, uh, open up the Twitter app, start <laughs> typing away, which he already has been doing, and that's going to create a huge buzz across the entire league. And it's all we're talking about now. The Super Bowl's over. It's all we're going to talk about until we have a deal done. <laughs> so it, 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 it's it's a very compromising position for Houston. And I know I've been rambling on about this for probably like 10, 15 minutes, but I'm very passionate about Sean Watson. So at the end of the day, uh, I, I think the Houston Texans organization has grossly failed over the last two years with star star players. Well, let, 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 but no, I, th- I think you're spot on. I mean, let, let, what, what what is this segment we're on? Top 10, right? Yeah. Top 10 over the <laughs> This is a top ten story, if not any story, and it's a train wreck. And it's been a train wreck from week one, and it's a train wreck now. After, <laughs> you know, days after the Super Bowl, and if the Houston Texans don't feel or believe that they are not in an actual rebuild, this, I mean, really, this te- this 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 expansion franchise <laughs> can go back into ex- obscurity <laughs> and go just go away because they're uh. not positioning themselves to move forward. And if that if that that number one bullet point on the list isn't Trade Sean Watson for massive assets. You all are not seriously about not serious about your future because this man is not serious about his future in Houston anymore. And you all need to come to yeah. terms with this. And the writing has been on the wall for the last year. I, I, uh, the other thing about it is, I you wouldn't want a disgruntled QB on your roster. I mean, at, at the end of the day, that is going to negatively affect your team no matter what. He's he is the leader. In that locker room, he has all the voice in that locker room. All the players, like I said, JJ Watt at the end of the year came up to him. JJ Watt, a, a, a perennial defensive player of the year candidate, a guy who's been to numerous Pro Bowls, an All Pro player, he comes up to Deshaun Watson, a 26, 27 year old man, and apologizes for wasting a year of his talent. Like that is just unimaginable to me. How how you could just completely not see what is going on with your star QB, the the man that you have invested a hundred over a hundred million dollars in into him. And so mm-hmm. it, it's just a an, an insane story. It's an insane situation and I, and I I I can't wrap my brain fully around what the Houston Texans organization plan is with him. If you're trying to save face and, and trying to and drive up the, the, the price for him if you really feel like you're going to be able to 
force them to come back to training camp or or or, or, or mini camp, whatever it is that the, the mandatory workouts are uh, when they'll start up this off season, and and hopefully he falls in love with this new new. Uh, uh, head coach and, and moves forward and says, uh, forget everything that happened over the last two years. Let's go play football. I, I just don't see it. Uh, I think Deshaun Watson's too smart. He knows what leverage he has. This is slowly, slowly but surely turning into more of an NBA player. Uh, players have a lot more power uh, kind of league now in the NFL. So I, I just, I, I'm going to stop rambling about it because I can talk about this for another three hours, but <laughs> we, we can. Exactly. I mean, and, and I'll just conclude that, that moment. I just want to add on to yeah. conclude. But um, <clears throat> if the Houston hasn't done anything else, they have to take the model of the Detroit Lions and, and how they handled the whole Barry Sanders thing back in the 90s. I mean, Granted, it wasn't social media at the end, but that that would have been that story would have been just as big, if not bigger, than what we're than what we're t- we're dealing with now with Deshaun Watson. It's at that same magnitude. Yeah. What is to be taken from that? Barry Sanders never played another game in football. <laughs> Barry Sanders has remained happy and has remained calm. I mean, very content with his career, and has arguably went down as still the number two, number two or the number three t- running back of all time. You know, um, <clears throat> with that being said. Um, Barry Sanders has been fine. The issue has been the Detroit Lions, the franchise. Yeah. Houston Texans, are you not following this mode? <laughs> they have only made, they only had a handful of playoff appearances since Barry Sanders has left, left, left the team in the mid nineties. And I'm, I'm I don't believe they head. won a single playoff game. No, they have won none of them. <laughs> by the way, and since I would just start from 1994, when I, I, I I'll just say I just start from 94, one, two, three. Seven playoff appearances from 1994 to 2016. Jeez. Just seven. <laughs> All losses, 0 for 7. And from 2016 now to 2021, nothing. They have not even sniffed the playoffs. And this is what happens when they hold out, don't want to, don't don't want to move, don't want to, you know, budge, stay. You know, they harp on one. You know, on, on, they want to, they want to, they want to stand their ground. They don't want to see this man, or this guy, yeah. go and play for someone else. And Detroit has not been the best for it. With that being said, and let's let's fast forward it all the way to today, I don't see the Houston Texans breaking that mode as well. So with that, again, Deshaun Watson on the trade block should be at the top, your number one priority right now. For sure. So um, that I'm not gonna get more into it because I'll just get more passionate. But yeah. <laughs> let's, let's, move let's move on. Number six here. Uh, your number six. You can kick that My off. My number six is. <clears throat> Tyler Lockett, and I know I'm okay. doing top top performances from players, and I, I think this is a nice balance that yeah. we got going on here. But my number six um, top top um, top play of the year has <laughs> come from t- oh, top performance has come from Tyler Lockett. Week seven, um, the, I have to say, now that you brought up fantasy, if this was a fantasy show, <laughs> all I'm gonna say. This is was as good as it got for Tyler Lockett, and if anybody had any foresight or a crystal ball that they can go back and they they just knew this, and right after this game, trade him for the farm because Tyler Lockett didn't show up ever again in the season after this <laughs> after this performance in Week Seven. I mean, he played. Yeah, he was out there. He suited up. He practiced. He showed up for games. He got. He received paychecks. He went home. He came back. He you know he was there. However. I'll just focus on the highlight of his of his of 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 his season, and really, this is where his season began and ended. So, with that being said, 
in week seven at Arizona. Um, he was targeted. He had tw- he was targeted twenty times. He had um, fifteen catches for two hundred yards um, and three touchdowns. Um, he had eleven first down, eleven catches that was all for first downs. So I mean, the man was everywhere. I mean, he just completely. I don't even know what Arizona was thinking about. I mean, their defensive. I don't know who their defensive coordinator is by name. <laughs> However, I, I'm surely, <laughs> surely this man either got fined. Or got his job threatened after this one because oh, man. I mean he literally got torched. Now remember, there's a DK Metcalf over here. Yeah, and I, I'm not even gonna bring up his stat line. His oh, I've got old. it up right here. Oh. He's got it, two receptions for 23 yards and zero touchdowns. Uh, I don't have his first downs and all that stuff. He he averaged at 11 and a half uh, yards per reception. But I I think the thing that everybody remembers about this game is that Buda Baker interception. At the goal line, which another Russell Wilson goal line interception. Well, we won't get into that. That's a historical thing there for for the oh, young ones. Uh, but he runs down Buda Baker. He thinks he has a clear lane to get all the way. To <laughs> oh man, hey, Buda Baker thinks he has a clear lane to get a touchdown to, to end this game. Kind of continue to go up on on Seattle, and then out of nowhere, you're just seeing DK Metcalf, this huge specimen of a man, just absolutely trucking him down, and then gets him down at like the five yard line that is the play and that's one of the moments that i know the internet has definitely latched on to but i think yes you've you've kind of pointed out this game was about tyler lockett right. so he just had an insane game completely torched arizona's defense and they were not able to stop him whatsoever i don't know what is wrong with the dbs there i, I don't know what's wrong with, with the defensive coordinator what the plan was to allow tyler lockett to do tyler lockett things where He's able to get 200 yards and, and three touchdowns to, to completely make this game one where it, it shouldn't have been this close. <laughs> no, it shouldn't. And and just by even bringing up the the issue the, the the situation with DK Metcalf, I mean for me, I mean this this brings up a good Pop Warner you know analogy. <laughs> you know, I mean you got you because you know in Pop Warner you you got your Uringas on your yeah. team, you got your best players, and you know you know whoever Johnny is, and Johnny's the <laughs> running back or the wide receiver, and, and no one can stop Johnny. Johnny gets a thousand catches, and you know yeah. gets a hundred thousand touchdowns, and no one ever stops him, and he's great, and everybody's cheering like you know, come on, he's he's playing them, he's playing way yeah. above his pay grade yeah. with the talent, and we we get it, it's Pop Warner. Yeah. Okay, with that being said. We've seen that. That's Tyler Lockett, Pop Warner. It just, <laughs> he had a Pop Warner game. I mean, just, I mean, just, just exploded. And then you still get it with the DK Metcalf, the hustle play. Yeah. The, you don't see this in the pros ever. That's no. what made this. That play probably eclipsed with even Lockett. Did. I should probably put DK Metcalf away. <laughs> yeah. Just as one play, just yeah. ran this man down. But I, I don't want to give. I mean. The play was that significant, but yeah. and it was that rare. You just do not see that in football for an offensive player to put that kind of hustle and, and, and put that kind of effort into a play, especially specifically off a turnover. Yeah. Um that's what this is getting to the essence of what football is supposed to be. That game just encapsulated all of that. This was one of the best games of the year. I, I and remember I definitely had Seattle this game because if anybody remembers going back to that the the preseason, I had Seattle as one of my sleeper teams this year. Nobody's talking about them. Everybody's mm-hmm. excited about the Rams' offense coming back. Let's see what Sean McVay can do bouncing back from that disappointing twenty nineteen campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, let's go ahead and talk about the young Kyler Murray and Arizona's offense and see what they can do. 
and Seattle slowly but surely they were putting together something. And you've got your your, your running backs. You got Carlos Hyde. You got Chris Carson. Uh, it, uh, they also had one more. I forget his name, uh, but it doesn't really matter. They. They're, Dallas. Yeah, they they <laughs> fell apart at, at some point, and, and Russell Wilson. Th- this was the whole let Russ cook campaign where he came out and he he played phenomenal for the first half of the season, but then the wheels fell off, and I, and I don't know what happened to Seattle in the second half of the year. I, I honestly not sure why the the philosophy had changed, um, and, and it definitely did hurt with all of the uh, injuries that they did have uh, in the running back position. But man, just. Looking back at DK Metcalf season, uh, Tyler Lockett season, Russell Wilson season, and Seattle as a whole as a team, uh, they they had a fantastic year, and it was disappointing for them to lose against uh, the the Rams and whatnot. But th- this is one of those teams where uh, you're not going to see a, a team in, in, that has those type of hustle plays anywhere else. I think Pete Carroll has done a fantastic job with this team with the young guys that are on this team to tell them, hey, we need heart. We need hustle. We need every single play. You need to be out there like it's going to be your last. you got to give it your all. And, and that it was all encapsulated by that one DK Metcalf play there. And so I, I have a lot of admiration for the Seattle team just because of, of the way that they played this year. It was football that I like to see. So, Yes, yeah. um, I, I agreed with that. And on top of that, I just wanted to add, you know, you hear a lot about how, you know, New England is usually that the, the team that I'm sorry that no. New England usually gets that type of um yeah that that type that type of um kind of that status you yeah know? but no it is Seattle has been shown you know have has is also one of these teams who have shown themselves Pete Carroll as a coach Russell Wilson as the, as the quarterback yep. and, and 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 the floor general but they have they're just like how New England has been given this label that I'm about to share but they have also shown themselves to be you know, been able to do more with less, you mm-hmm. know, and look, look at the talent. I mean, yeah, Russell Wilson, yes, you know, there's, you know, like we just, let's like a Tyler Lockett, you know, <laughs> DK Metcalf, you know, just the household names, sort of, you know. If you play fantasy football. <laughs> fantasy, you, you're from Seattle. You yeah, know, you, exactly. You know, everyone in every nook and cranny of the country don't know these players, you know. Yeah. And the running backs. Who's Chris Carson? You know, I yeah. mean, Chris. We know who Chris Carson, but you know what I mean. To the <laughs> yeah. average person at the water cooler, uh, they're Chris not going to understand who you're talking about, why why he's important, anything like right. that. So exactly, yeah. and that. So here we are. We Seattle have shown themselves. If you looked at, if anyone follows Russell Wilson's career, if you've been following Pete Carroll in Seattle, yeah, he is. I mean, arguably, have done just as much with less yeah. than what Bill, what Belichick has been able to do. With uh, in New England, however, we already know that Belichick has had more success with the, with the, with his personnel as opposed to what Seattle has and Pierre Carroll has been able to do in Seattle. Yeah. But I digress. It was just an, uh, a parallel and an analogy. Yeah. I mean, I mean and, 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 and a, you know, just trying to show s- some some um, some similarities between the two. Yes. It, it's yeah. it, it's one of those things where I think a lot of the where we we see the success with with the Patriots. I see what you're saying there. It's just like. Yes, they've got the rings for it and everything like that, but they're not the only teams that do things along these lines. And and you have to really go back and look to appreciate what Pete Carroll has done with the Seattle team. What I mean, look at uh, Sean McDermott and what he's done with the Buffalo Bills. Nobody's really going to talk about it because, yes, they, they lost in the AFC Championship game pretty handedly against Kansas City, but that's Andy Reid and the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey and Tyron Matthew. Like, you, there, it's just the – 
an abundance of talent is on that Kansas City team. Nightmare and cleats. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So at the end of the day, you have to give credit where credit is due with teams like Seattle, with teams like Buffalo, these teams that not just overachieved but did have fantastic moments and have actually these these coaches have gotten these teams to play above their talent level. So, uh, I mean, we, we can talk about that and get into the philosophy of the NFL and all that if we wanted to at a later point. But uh, my number six here, um, I was an absolute massive fan of Super Wild Card Weekend. Getting two extra games this year, <laughs> I, I loved it. The, the playoffs is what we all live for when it comes to the NFL. It's do or die any given Sunday. Anybody can win. Fortunately, my Bears couldn't. But uh, uh-huh. at the end of the day, uh, it, it was fantastic to have more football. That, that's what we want as fans is to watch more football. We feel like the, the season is too short in the first place. We only got 17 weeks. We only get 16 games of the regular season. Nobody cares about the preseason NFL games. We watch the Hall of Fame game because it's the first football that we've gotten in three, four months. And then we don't, talk, we don't watch any of the preseason, so we get the 16 regular season games, and then you, got, you get playoffs. And, and when we get two extra playoff games where you, you got guys giving it everything that they have, it, it's, it's fantastic to see. So I love Super Wild Card Weekend. I think it's a smashing success. I think that this needs to be opened up even more maybe. Uh, take it to eight teams. Get rid of these, uh, these bye weeks. Just have it have the home field advantage. Uh, if you will, um, so I, I love Super Wild Card Weekend. I, th- I think it's been something that the the NFL kind of needed an extra spark, especially in this COVID season where you don't really have all these fans. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I loved it. But uh, what, what were your thoughts on on the extra playoff games that we got? I was gonna play devil's advocate, but uh, I can't. <laughs> uh, I actually, I, I'm a firm believer it, it should be almost set up like you know basketball and hockey. I think yeah. it should be eight teams per. Per per, exactly. per conference, you know what I mean? That's a nice round number. That's not half the league, you yep. know, as much as it, there's been some, you know, chatter and some, some people snubbing their nose today. They didn't like the idea of it. There's too many teams in. These teams don't deserve to be in there. Well, let's take the the working model here. You know, we've, we've had the Saints and the Bears in, 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 in the 2-7 two, the two match in the NFC versus, you know, we had the Bills, you know, and, and the Colts. These are very good playoff matchups when you really look at them. And I mean, just to be the two seven, which would be, um, which used to be our old three six matchups, yep. you know, or the you know the games that we didn't we considered not so, you know, not so um, exciting, not so demanding. Who cares, kind of a thing. But no, I think it's it's, it's this 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 new model has expanded um, the talent pool, and we're getting two extra teams deserving yep. that should be in there because what was. In certain circles, some people used to question or argue the buys. That was an issue, mm-hmm. you know. So I think this kind of helps offset that, plus gives us two extra teams. It was the first year they did it. They, they rolled it out during COVID. I thought it was a success. You know, as yeah. you said, yeah, the Bears, okay, <laughs> then probably couldn't beat the Saints. I mean, all, all But, right. I mean, if you even go back to that game with, with the Bears-Saints uh, playoff game, Honestly, the Bears showed up in that game. Offensively, absolutely not. <laughs> they weren't able to do anything on the offensive side of the ball. But that's an underrated New Orleans defense. And at the end of the day, we're going in with Mitch Trubisky, a guy that all Bears fans agree, all NFL fans agree, not your franchise QB. He's not going to be able to do it moving forward. So to him, for him to go up against an underrated defense and them to, uh, but the Bears defense to come out and actually slow down 
Drew Brees and that Saints offense, and they really didn't have that fantastic of a game. That was the first kind of like crack in the armor that I saw for New Orleans is the fact that, hey, the Bears defense, who has been really struggling uh, on the with their defensive backs for sure, coming into that game to slow down Drew Brees in that offense a bit. I mean, they didn't really take off until late the fourth quarter. They, they scored a couple of touchdowns at the end in garbage time, and they, they made it too far out of reach. Mitch Trubisky was not going to be able to do a – uh, week one, uh, a Detroit Lions comeback <laughs> against right. that team where, where you're going to be able to throw the ball across the yard, get Anthony Miller a touchdown for 40 yards or whatnot. No, it wasn't going to happen. So, right. yeah. Right. Yeah, and, yeah, granted, yeah. We, if the Bears had shown, I mean, if it had had a somewhat of a continuity this year with their quarterback play and had a yeah. much better offensive flow, um, flow uh, granted, the game could have went a lot differently. With that being said, the season would have went a lot differently. The Bears may have been a higher seed at this yeah. point. So it, it's what us could have and should have. At, at the end of the day, it, I, I loved the wild card weekend. That that was the point. And it is just one of those where I think that it, it, this definitely opens up the opportunity to expand it more. Like you said, go to eight teams, have no more buys. Just, hey, this is playoff football. You got to play your best for four weeks to get a Super Bowl. Everybody's got to play four games if you want to get that Super Bowl, that Super Bowl title. Exactly, and you flip it over to the opposite side. That Buffalo Colts game was about as exciting as it came. Oh God. going down that the stretch, was and the Colts almost walked out of there with that. <laughs> which everyone wanted to praise the Buffalo. Everybody was ready to crown Josh Allen as the new hot thing coming. I didn't year. do that, but I did praise Buffalo. They were fantastic. Which in that is game. <laughs> fair to a degree, and that's fine. You know, some people gonna go off the deep end and be like, "Well, Buffalo will be in a Super Bowl next year, and he'll have oh, he's got your extremist there." You know, yeah, yeah you know, it, it, that's coming. That's coming down the pipeline. But till that, till that day, yeah. But the Colts, I mean, bottom line, if you took the pair, these pair of wild card games, just to look these these seven seed games, yeah, some of the most exciting football, <laughs> even with deficient um offenses and, and you know, and, and upstart teams like Colts with a, with a, with a with a yeah a one year wonder hit um um, um Philip um Philip Rivers to, yeah. to lead the team you know in the AFC it just yeah. It was it was fun to watch, and, and you got good games. You you got exciting football, and, and I think it's only going to go from there. I mean, we're going to hopefully have fans next year to see these games, and, and that's going to create a whole different atmosphere. Uh, and, and at the end of the day, we're going to have teams that had a had a off season where they could work out and get healthy and, and do everything that they can to create some continuity so that we can have great football throughout the entire season, and it culminates in Super Wild Card Weekend where we get to see – these very tough teams go at it and fight yeah. for a chance to continue to make it down to the playoffs and, and continue to play great football moving forward. So I think that was definitely a win for the NFL. They did fantastic with that, even without having as many fans as we wanted to in these stadiums to, to create these absolutely insane atmospheres. Uh, it, it, w it was a smashing success, like I've said. It, it, it was something that I, I definitely am going to enjoy watching moving forward.
Thank you.